Hey, this is Brendan Gersall from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to be speaking about honor today. As for me and my house, we will be a people of honor. If you have your Bibles, once you grab them, we're going to be a bit all, um, a bit all over the place. But before we move on, there's this thing that I... Uh, I do with like my daughters, uh, who are the most sassiest women on the planet, but I love them so much. There's these um, things that I, I do with them to make sure that they feel just some, some worth and some value. And so, of course, I grab them and I look them in the eyes and I say, girls, repeat after me. They're like, okay, daddy, I'll repeat after you. And I say, girls, you are smart. And they say, daddy, I am smart. And I'm like, girls, you are beautiful. And they're like, dad, I am beautiful. I'm like, girls, you are secure. It's like, dad, we are secure. And we go on and we go on and repeat it. And of course, even with my son, I say, son, you are a leader. You say, dad, I am a leader. I said, son, you are kind. You are a man of God. He's like, yeah, yeah, dad, yeah, 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 whatever. My assignment today is to declare over us who we are today. Now, I'm going to declare over you and over me and over our church that we will be a people of honor. That we will be a people of honor. You know, over the last few weeks, we've been kind of building the foundation, those, those pillars of what we believe in. And, and how we see God. And so now we're going to shift into what is our heart going to be? What is the heart of King's Church? And so today we will be a people of honor. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We just ask that you would speak to us, that you would challenge us, that you would inspire us that you would stir us up, and God, may we leave this place with more of your heart for people. Lord, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Are you going to help me uh, speak today? Are you going to help me preach today? Okay, so just so you know, I'm a chocolate brother, okay? So I come from a charismatic Pentecostal background, okay? I know this is a predominantly white church, but I need you to help me preach today, okay? I will preach better if you help me preach. Okay, so preach black man, uh-huh, amen, okay? So, like, if you're, like, the introverted, do, like, a mm-hmm or something, okay? Like, I need you to help me preach, okay? Cool? Cool? You know, when I was growing up, my mother taught us, us boys, okay? She's a single mom. She raised two boys. I'm 6'1", 300-some pounds. My brother is 6'6". He's 300-some pounds. And so she was a single mom, and so she knew that her boys were going to get big and uh, scary. And, 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 and so raising boys are hard. So she raised us to respect. She raised us to really honor people. I mean, she taught us to honor our our. Um, elders to honor adults. I mean, we would be taught to hold doors for strangers. And, and she taught us to, of course, honor our teachers and authority. 
and police officers. And if there was ever a moment where we, where we dishonored or if there was some disrespect on some way, let's just say we got embarrassed. There would be some moments where I thought that I was going to lose my teeth at some moments. There were some moments where, of course, when I felt sick, but really I didn't actually want to go to church. I'm like, no, I don't feel good. She's like, no, you will go to church today. You will respect my word. You will honor me. And so we were raised with this, this, this sense of honor and respect for people and for things. I mean, so much so she taught us how to respect her china. Right? Just the plates and the stuff. Like, like she was like, you will honor this China. This China is special to me. She taught us how to respect and how to honor. You see, like today we have kind of lost the art of honor. This idea of honor has become this forgotten virtue. But see, the way we see honor and the way that we approach honor is a way different than how God sees honor and how God approaches honor. You see, like today, we start to celebrate dishonor. We honor dishonor. We, we, we wait for like the dig, we wait for the insult, we, we, you know, we, we shame, we tear down, we criticize, we beat down so much. So we've even created a movement of it called cancel culture. Cancel culture is actually a celebration of what it means to dishonor people. And we are in a critical moment in history where I believe that the world is waiting for people who will show honor. But not just blatant dishonor. I mean, you're like, hey, pastor, I don't show dishonor. I mean, I respect my parents. I honor my authority. I honor my neighbor. If not blatant dishonor, we, we honor based off of situations. We honor whether we have the same values or the same policies or the same philosophies or, or the same truth, my truth, your truth. Okay, we agree. And we honor based off of that. Sometimes we honor whether you are honorable, true? We do that with our marriage and our kids and our neighbor. We, we show honor to those who act honorable. Or maybe, like if you're like me, we like to honor because we want to receive the honor, right? Babe, guess what? I did the dishes today. Love me, girl. Hey, girls, I watched all five kids for more than one hour. Come on, give me some praise, please. Right? Come on, y'all. We honor because we want honor. But see, here's the thing. When we honor based off of situations, that's not honor. That's respect. See, respect is earned. True? Like, respect is based off of whether you win or lose or how you treat me or how you make me feel. And this is where we are today. That if I make you feel a certain way or if I treat you a certain way, then then you will show me honor. But that's not honor, that is respect. See, respect is earned, but honor is given. See, respect is dependent on the receiver. But honor is actually dependent on the giver. 
See, respect is earned, but honor is given. And this is like the difference how God sees this. You know, the word honor comes from this word tame, which means to esteem value or to esteem worth or to, or to have a weight. Like this person holds weight in your life. So much so there's this, this picture of honor that means that the price is fixed. <laughs> that the price of a person is fixed, that the value is fixed. I mean, have you ever bought something new or like a new car or a new TV or a, a new thing and, you, and that thing is precious to you? And so you yell at your kids and you tell them they can't breathe in their car. They don't touch anything. They don't expect to get in. I don't care how long you have to hit your boots outside of the car to get the move. Like, I mean, that thing is precious to you because of the weight of the value that you just did. You know, for me, I had a TV. It's a 60-inch 4K TV, old baby, and I got it for Christmas. It is amazing. I mean, Sports Super Bowl. And I remember I got it, and I told all my children, I said, every single one of you, you you can't even go near the box because of how precious this is to me. Like, don't go near it, don't go, like, don't touch it, don't even touch the remote. This is precious to me, and this is how God sees people. This is how he sees everyone, and this is connected to this one truth that will change everything, is that everyone is created in the image of God. Everyone, hear me, everyone is created in the image of God, but here's what we like to do. We like to negotiate with God the price of a a person. Y'all ain't helping me today. We like to negotiate, hey, God, hey, this person, a a, a little poor, sure, a little homeless, not that valuable. Or we base our honor or how we see someone based off their status, based off their race, based off their accomplishments, based off of what they own, who they're with, who they're married to. And God says, if you want to honor, it starts with seeing people the way that, that I see people. And that is what honor is. Honor is this, is that we see the best in other people, because we see them from God's perspective. Is we see the best in other people because we see them from God's, as from God's perspective. Because as followers of Jesus, we don't determine someone's value. Jesus does. We don't determine someone's value. Jesus, and this is why we have to be vigilant with the issues of racism and sexism and abortion and human trafficking because this is a attack on the image of God. It's not political, it's personal to me. When, when, a, a, when a baby is gone or when someone is being judged by the, their skin color or when a woman who wants to preach God's word or wants to serve God but they can't, that's an attack against the image of God. But when we honor someone, we, we add value to them. We esteem value to them. We, 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 we see their worth. We see 
their preciousness. We see who they are. We don't treat people as if they're common or they're just ordinary, but God sees every single human being as if they're precious, that there's a, there's a sacredness to them. There's like a, like a holiness to them. Why? Because God made them. That's God's DNA. And we all know this, right? I mean, like for those who are married, right? I mean, like you start off fiery hot, right? And you're feeling good about your marriage. Like you're dating and you're talking nonstop. And you're speaking on MSN. That's old, y'all. I mean, like real back in the day. I'm talking about early 2000s, okay? I mean, you're talking. You're, I mean, you, you just can't control yourself around her, right? And then you get married. And then the first year is just awesome. Second year goes awesome. Third year, you might have a baby. That goes out the fourth, five. And then as time goes on, your marriage starts to get like a little common, starting to get a little ordinary. And before, you used to hold doors and, and do all these things. But now you're like, well, she's a big girl now. She can open her own doors, <laughs> right? And y'all ain't talked in like a month. Because God created marriage, God created people to have a continual preciousness. That my marriage is important, that people are important. And this is how God sees every single person. There is a holiness to every single person. See, at the heart of honor is that people matter to God. And it should actually matter to us. See, even Jesus, he walked this. He, he lived a life of honor. I mean, for, like, first things first. I mean, like, within the Godhead, there's this beautiful, like, like movement of honor that Jesus would do what God the Father would do and that, and that he would say what, what, what God would tell him to. And Jesus moved with honor, but not just with God, but to people. He never dismissed anyone. Lepers, outcasts, thugs, criminals, interracial people, the Samaritans. And then he even walked the line of honoring authority. I mean, he says, give to Caesar what's his and, and give to God. Like he lived a life of honor. And see, what society gave permission to him to reject or to dishonor. He chose to honor. See, when we say yes to Jesus, right, when we say yes to following Jesus, we say yes to being a leader, like a life leading others. But when we wait for someone to be honorable or to show honor, we're not leading. We're following when we're waiting some, for someone to be honorable to us or to show us honor, we are not leading, we're following. And here's what Romans 12 says. It says this. Is it on the screen? Here's what Romans 12 says in verse 10. It says, be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourself. Some scripture says to outdo one another in honor. Some scripture says to, to, to take the lead, to take the charge in honoring people. 
And we have to nail this. We have to lead this way. That God is not calling us to follow culture or follow society or follow how the world is. We are called to lead the charge in honor. We are supposed to remain honorable even in the midst of dishonorable situations. And this has to land even with authority. This has to land. I mean, God, like, like, like we have to really understand this, is that God ordained, like God specifically in his wise, sovereign will ordained the spiritual authority in our lives. He ordained the parents and the pastors and the leaders and even the political leaders in our life. He has called us to honor them. So much so that for parents, this is going to be wild for you. Like, like kids, hear this. If you dishonored your parents, you'd be stoned, like gone. Like, I mean, dead. Like, like that was how serious God treated honor. That if you even spoke to me the wrong way, you'd be done. Like, just wiped off the planet. And not just from your own parents either. Like, that was from, the, like, your neighborhood. I mean, people would just come out like, hey, don't talk to your mother like that. That's how serious God treats honor. This is such a big deal to God because our parents and our our pastors and our, our people are supposed to reflect the rule and the reign of God. We are supposed to learn by our parent relationships how to treat God. We honor God by how we treat authority. But see, parents, pastors, they should, they should be reflecting the rule of God. Our parents and our pastors and our, and our politics, they should be a reflection of the rule of God. And as I honor them, I actually honor God. And this is what God calls us to do. And look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter says this. It says this. It says, show proper respect to everyone. Show honor to everyone. Love the family of believers. Hear this. Fear God and honor the emperor. When Peter wrote this, do you know who was in charge? When he wrote this, Nero, the most savage, the most violent emperor in all of history of the early church. This was the man in charge. He publicly murdered, I mean, this was a show to him. He publicly murdered Christians. He was full of hate and violence, but yet Peter wrote to the Christians of the land and said, honor the emperor, honor his position, Honor him. Are you serious? He's killing my brothers and my sisters. And he said, fear God and honor the emperor. And then we, we go online and we shame and we hurt and we disown and we even wait for someone to show weakness and failure and we chew them up. And we tear them down. Like it is just hard. Like it makes me sick to my stomach 
that some of these people are even church people. Like how, how, how wild, how crazy it is that the church is known for its public shaming, but not for its public honoring. Like seriously, y'all. Like I don't like mean to be heavy or to be critical or to hurt, but this is our reality. And I'm here to tell you that this is not who we are. This is not who God designed us to be. God designed us to be a people of honor, to honor one another, to see value in every person, to add value to every person, that even when they feel valueless, that we lead the charge, that we step up and say, you are valuable. We are called to be a people of honor. Now, no, of course, you know, some of you are like, well, brr, brr, like, okay, I get you. I, like, I get what you're trying to say. But sometimes my leader is not God-like. Sometimes my leader is, is, is just not like, 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 how do I honor someone who, who, who doesn't stand for the agenda of the kingdom? Because there's a difference between honor and obedience, like I get we have like concerns and we have, we have fears and we have expectations and we have things that says, hey, this is not, this is against like the will of God. And I believe that we are in a critical season, critical, critical season that we have to be, be able to have a conversation and still remain honorable. We have to be able to stand in our politics and to stand in those spheres and to to stand in those places and say, we need to have a conversation, but we still need to be honorable. Because I really believe that revival is on the other side of this. Because there's no separation. There's no distinction from who's in there and who's out there. We have to be able to be able to have a conversation and still remain honorable. See, the world is looking for honor. So why is this a big deal? Why does this matter? There's a story um, like in Mark uh, chapter 6, and, and we won't read it just because of time, but Jesus was doing miracles and he had, he had healed uh, a, um, a woman with an issue of blood and he had raised someone from that. And then he moved to his, his hometown. And there's a scripture that says that a prophet is without honor. And so there's these people who were there and he was like, man, who is this guy? Like, he's just like, he's, he's like a carpenter guy. I mean, there was a, a lot of dishonor. There was disrespect like Jesus. And, and, and there's this little small scripture in Mark chapter six, verse five. And it says this, is that he could not do any miracles there. He could not do any miracles at the place where there was dishonor. Why? I have no idea why. <laughs> why? Because we know that he, he, he could, but in this moment, he could not because there was a lack of honor. There was a lack of faith. Because faith is way more about who it's in 
and not just what it's for. And Jesus could not do any miracles, I mean, could not do any miracles there because there was a spirit of dishonor. Just imagine what God wanted to do in your life. Imagine what prayers could have been answered. Imagine what God wanted to do in your life, but he could not do it because there is a spirit of dishonor. See, we can pray, we can hoopla, we can preach, we can shout, we can dance, we can scream, we can do all we want, but if there is a spirit of dishonor, there's a cap. Imagine what God could do, like in our context, like in our church, if there was a culture of honor. Imagine what God could do if there was a culture of honor here within us. This is why God treats honor with such a, with such a big idea because honor is the culture of heaven. And where there is dishonor, the presence of God just, just leaves. And we pray during prayer week and we're praying over our neighborhood and our communities, but this, like, nothing happens if you pray for your neighbor and then you don't love them. Because at the heart of God, people matter. And at the heart of God, God wants honor. He wants honor from his people. And so here's how I wanna end like today. There's, um, so I want to tell you the five W's of honor, okay? So, so say five W's of honor. This is how we live this out, okay? And, and the first one is this, is with our words, right? We are called to honor with our words, with the things we say. And this is why gossip is such a killer, because, because even in the presence of gossip, the presence is, I mean, like, we feel it. Like, like, we feel the spirit, the presence of God leave when we begin to tear down each other. Gossip is nasty. It is brutal. And this is why God says to use your words. We are called to add value with our words, to build up and to strengthen and to add value. Our words, one is words, and two is our willful submission. You are most like Jesus when you choose to willfully submit. When you willfully and joyfully and cheerfully submit to other people and to your leaders and to your pastors, it is a reflection of the heart of God. Because again, there's this, this, this beautiful submission amongst God and the Trinity. We are called to willfully submit. Three is our wallet. <laughs> Hello. We're supposed to honor with our with our with our blessing other people, with being generous, that we, we, we invest in dreams, we invest in businesses, we invest in people who have the, have the heart of God and the agenda of God. We honor those people. And if you want to honor me, I'll take diapers, I'll take some wipes, I'll take some baby clothes, I'll take some wings, right? We are called... To honor even with our wallets. Four is worship. That we show honor to people even with our worship. You know, I was in therapy one day. Yes, pastors do go to therapy. 
okay? You can go to therapy and still love Jesus. I was in the therapy one day, and I was re- just wrestling with, man, my wife is this, and marriage is this. I remember my therapist said that you, you honor your wife the best when you live for Jesus. But she doesn't see me, and she doesn't want to listen to me, and blah, 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 and saying all these things. You honor your kids. You honor your husband, your spouse, your work. When you are living a life of worship, when you live a life of awe, when you live a life of worship, you're not just bringing glory to God, but you are actually bringing glory and bringing honor to the people around you. Because as you look at God and as you see him and as you worship him, that begins to transform who you are and then you become a person of honor. Worship is our lifestyle. It's not just the songs we sang, but it is a life given. And so when you worship, you bring honor to the people around you. And number five is this, is we wash feet. We wash feet. You know, there's a scripture in John 13 where Jesus is washing with the feet of people. I mean, this is incredible, where he is bending low to wash the feet of the disciples, the king of all kings. I mean, the man who has all authority in his hands and he is choosing to bend low and to wash the feet of the disciples. But guess who was there? Judas, those who betrayed him, Peter who would then like deny him, and those who would later forsake him, but Jesus yet chose in all of humility to bend low and to wash the feet of his disciples. See, honor is not just showing value, but it's now begin to draw out value. Honor is now becomes to elevate and to empower so who are, the, like, who are the feet that you are washing? Who are the people that you are elevating? Who are the people that you are raising up, that you are bringing in and, and stepping into their story? This is the example of Jesus, is that Jesus was exalted to the highest because he was willing to go the lowest. See, kings, kings don't wash feet. Servants do. But yet our king, he bent low and said, I'm gonna wash the feet of my friends. And this is the calling to all of us. This is the calling for you and for me. While the, while the world has a sword and a shield and try to cut and divide and try to shame and try to humiliate and try to hurt and try to tear down, the people of God go on their knees and they wash feet, and they honor, and they elevate. That is who we are. Here's what scripture says in in Philippians. I'm gonna end with this. Philippians, it says this. Verse three, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather 
and humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather, hear this, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. This is who Jesus is. This is who we are. You know, Maybe there's a few of you that says, you know what? Honor is a risk. There's a cost like, to honor. Because, like, who's going to honor me? Who's going to love me? Who's going to empower me? And this is the beauty of the church. Is that no one should leave our church, our place, the church, empty. Because we are honoring each other. We are serving one another. And there's this beautiful like mix of interconnection that I honor you and you honor me and you fill me and I fill you and I serve you and I honor you with my words and you honor me with your wallet and you honor me with your life and you honor me with your worship and you honor your pastors by living the life that you should. And you honor, and there's this beautiful just mix of motion that happens when honor happens so that when people walk in our rooms and say, what is is this place. I am like, what is happening that we are honoring black people, white people, Asian people, the poor, homeless, rich. Like we are, like this is God's vision to us. Can you imagine if we live this out? Imagine if we actually lived a life of honor, we would have better marriages. Divorce rate would go down. Men loving and honoring their wives. Wives honoring their husbands. There would be no more fatherless homes. There would be no more orphans. There'd be no more insecurity, no more fear, no more injustice, no more racism, no more sexism, no more division, no more petty fights, no more cancel culture, no more comparison, no more rejection, no more pride, no more arrogance, no more sex. Sexual sin, no more suicide, no more depression, no more coping by substances, no more burnout from pastors because people destroyed them with their words. Our kids loving the church and not leaving the church, more people getting healing, broken people finding restoration, families restored. Our kids find value from church and not from out there or their friends. No more abusive authority or abuse period. No more lying, no more cheating, no more tears, no more broken hearts, no more pain, and no more falls from grace. No more. Because this looks like heaven. This looks like heaven, and the church is supposed to be a place of heaven. You see, honor is not just the, the, 
the currency of heaven, but honor is the climate of heaven. Imagine what would happen if we lived this out. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we thank you that you are a God of honor and that you called us to build up, to add value, to esteem, and to love, and to treat sacred, and to treat holy your people. God, we ask that you would give us your heart, the heart for people. May we not just be a people who pray, but a people who worship, not just a people who 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 lead, who not just a people who, who love, but God, would we be a people that just honor, that show honor to each other, to show honor to the authorities around us, to show honor to, to spiritual authority, to show honor that we would live a life of honor. So God, would you bless your people? Would you touch your people? Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen.